Do you think Jesus could do anything right here in Las Vegas, Sin City? I believe that what God is doing is He's creating an eternal testimony. And what we know is when we can come together under a spirit of unity, nothing will be impossible. Hey, Las Vegas, welcome to season two of Las Vegas United. I'm your host, Aaron Pino. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for joining us right here. I mean, I'm so excited. Season two, season one was amazing. Season two is going to be even better. So thank you guys for joining us. And you know, here at Las Vegas United, we are partnering with God to create an eternal testimony of his goodness, mercy, and power right here in the Las Vegas Valley. We like to showcase what God is doing through amazing men and women right here in our very own backyard. And today, I have a special guest, my friend, Sean Tice. Sean, welcome to the show, man. It's so great to be here. Man, we're, right. we're so glad to have you, man. Great to be here. I'm excited to dive in today's uh, episode um, because you have a lot of things going on, man. Uh, but before we talk about what, what God is using you in the city for, uh, tell us a little, a little bit about yourself, man. Where are you from? Uh, wife, kids, all that good stuff, man. Well, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, but I've always had a attachment to Las Vegas. This is where my my dad grew up, and so he grew up here. Um, he grew up fatherless. His dad died when he was thirteen in Vegas, wow. and then he he married my mom. He came to Ve to Pennsylvania to uh, just visit family. Met my mom in Pennsylvania. Um, they were married for a while. They moved back and forth between Pennsylvania and Vegas, and then eventually, when I was about ten months old, he left and came back to Vegas. And so Vegas has always been a one of those places that has a you know, weird place for me, you know what I yeah, mean? Because yeah. where my dad lived when I was growing up fatherless. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Pennsylvania, and then I went to school to be a pastor. Yeah, uh, I thought that was going to be you know just what I was going to do, be a pastor, and which would have been great. Uh, but then I graduated from Bible college, and God led me to write a book for for fatherless guys, and it turned into a whole ministry. Now my wife, she was a pastor's kid, so totally different background than mm -hmm. me. Uh, she grew up in a pastor's home, and and she was just that girl that I'm like, there's something different about her, you know what I mean? So yeah. I started chasing her when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> chasing this girl. Whoa, yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, changed, she changed my life. You know, just being, being, you know, God brought her into my life and helped me. And and so we have three kids, uh, Malachi, Titus, and Blair, and just uh, just just doing the deal here in Vegas now. Man, that's awesome. Well, well welcome to Las Vegas, man. It's great to be I here. I know uh, you and I sat down for coffee a couple weeks ago, and and you, you're kind of recently a transplant out here. Yes. You know, you have different family here in, in, in the Valley. I love the Tice family, mm -hmm. uh, friends of mine. And they were like, hey, come out to Vegas, come out to Vegas. And you told me you were like a little hesitant, right? Yes. Yeah. At first I was like, I don't know about Vegas. You know, my cousin, Matt, he uh, he's a pastor of Liberty Baptist Church. And he presented it to us. He said, why don't you come out and partner with us? You know, not on staff or anything, but just partner with us and do fatherless ministry here in Vegas. And at first, honestly, I just, I was like, I don't really want to live in Vegas. And and a lot of it was because my, that's where my dad lived and mm -hmm. him and I never really had that restoration moment. We never really were able to, I tried. Yeah. Um, we, we talked a little bit before he died a couple of years ago, but Vegas was just always a weird place for me. Uh, but it's it's kind of a it's a redeeming opportunity to come here yeah. and minister to the fatherless where he grew up fatherless and where he lived when I was fatherless. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I want I want I want to hear more about your story because yeah. you know, the way I like to set up these interviews, I told you before, is I want people to get connected to you, mm -hmm. hear your story, hear your background, and we tell them how God has basically used your story to launch you into the ministry and the, and the opportunities that he's done now, but tell us a little bit about your background. I know you talked to me about your dad. It was, uh, 
it was a little bit rough. We're here in Vegas, you know what I mean? So I think people are used to the roughness of, yeah. of people's stories whenever they don't know Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, but share, you, you, you okay to share some of that story? Oh, yeah. 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 To share. Um, you know, my dad, like I said, he grew up without a dad and it, a lot of individuals when they grow up without a father, if they don't get Jesus Christ in their life, they don't have God as their father, as God as my dad, as our ministry is. Um, if they don't have that, a lot of times they go after things of the world and they try to cope through sin. And so they, my dad became a, a drug addict, alcoholic, um, heavily, got heavily involved in the adult film industry in Vegas. Um, he used to work in the adult film theaters. He was actually in films. And then when I met him for the first time, um, 15 years old, was at an adult film shop in, wow. in the ghetto of Las Vegas. So wow. like I said, Vegas was always a weird place for me. <laughs> now, I have to clarify, my, my wife always tells me, well, there was good stuff in the front of the store, but the bad stuff was in the back. But yeah. that's what it was. That was his career was in the adult film industry. Um, but you know, to rewind a little bit, uh, my dad, like I said, he was an alcoholic, came home one night when I was about nine months old and kicked my mom, my brother, and my sister out. But for some reason, he wanted to keep me, the little nine-month-old baby. Mm. And so they, my mom was in a panic. She went over to the neighbor's house. They got the cops to show up. Cops showed up to the house. They demanded that my dad hand me over to them. And instead of gently handing me over, he took me and threw me across the room to the cops. Wow. I'm glad to this day that cop could catch. You know what I mean? He caught, <laughs> <laughs> that cop caught me. Cop caught me. But the, I started my father's journey around that time. That's when my dad left Pennsylvania and came back here. And so it was it was a struggle. And I never met him till I was 15 at that time, mm -hmm. coming out here in Vegas. And and I, I tried to I tried to talk to him. There was times where I for, I you know I, I forgave him when I was younger, and you know things would flare up. And there was times where I you know I, I would talk to him and stuff. We never had that restoration relationship though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. What, what was, so what was it like growing up feeling that, knowing that story of him, like literally throwing you across the, the wall, basically he abandoned your family and here you are, this kid without a dad. What was that like for you, man? It was always weird because I was one of the only kids in my school um, that was that was growing up without a dad that was from a divorced home or fatherless. And so it was always kind of weird. Uh, honestly, I would forget he even existed. Wow. I didn't, it wasn't, yeah, I forgot even, you know, I would think about it occasionally. It would, it would kind of, oh, yeah, there's that guy in Vegas. You know, that was it was just a weird thing because I had people in my life that were pouring into me and mentors and stuff. My, uh, What happened was my dad, around the same time my dad left, right before or after, the time he's kind of sketchy on all of it, um, we were invited to go to church and ride, ride on the bus mm -hmm. to church. And it was back, you know, big big days of the bus ministry. I love bus ministry. And, yeah, so we, my family rode on the bus together to church. Wow. My my mom's cousin was the bus captain. And so we went went to church and my mom started, we started riding all the time. And then my mom became the bus captain eventually. And when we started driving ourselves to church eventually, I went to the Christian school. And so I was able to get plugged into a church. And through that, I got several mentors. Um, I had my grandparents, they were helping, helping raise me and mm -hmm. stuff like that as well. So I just had people around me that were able to help. So I honestly didn't think about the fatherless issue for a long time because my grandfather became my dad. But then he died when I was right before my 12th birthday. And it was kind of one of those times where it was like, mm -hmm. I was a mess. But yeah. then people in my church started pouring into me. And wow. so I was blessed to have that. I was yeah. blessed to have all these people, like a youth pastor, youth leaders. And even to this day, there's this guy, um, Jim, that's like my dad. He's no, no blood relation, no marriage relation, but he started pouring into my life and helping me out. Wow. That's awesome. I, I love I love everything about your story, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, I don't love the fact that you were abandoned by your dad, obviously. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I yeah. love the fact that um, here you are. You have a single mom. You here you are without a dad, and the thing that 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 kind of helped bring you through was was a was a ministry inside of a church bus mm -hmm. ministry. I, I love bus ministry. Yeah, uh, I think it's incredible. I I can't tell how many people I sit down with and say, 
we got saved because of a bus ministry. Mm -hmm. And now the, the legacy and the lineage after that, I mean, it's just incredible. Here you are as a result of someone's bus ministry. You know what I mean? Um, but I love the fact that there was a ministry that had a vision to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, the Lord's plan was to interweave through it all. You gave your heart to the Lord and then you had people come around you to pour into you, to mentor you and to make sure that you had what you needed in regards to uh, a father figure in your life. I think that's incredible. That's what the church is supposed to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, I love that, man. I absolutely love that. Yeah. So with that being said, Because, you know, I was going to ask you, like, how did you give your heart to the Lord and everything like that? You you stole my question well, right out of my mouth. Man. Let, let me clarify a little bit. I mean, I feel like I sugarcoated, you know, the journey. Because, no need to sugarcoat. Because here, I, even though I did have all those people, it was still a struggle. I mean, mm. honestly, it, it was a still struggle. Like, the thing is, when you grow up fatherless or motherless or both, you know, a lot of times you feel like your life's off balance. You mm. know, we, we, we look at it with our ministry like it's a scale where mom and dad, you know, are... Um, when you have a mom and dad in your life, your life's in balance, like a scale. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that caring, loving mom and dad in your life, wow. your life's off balance. And so I, yeah, I had anger issues. I had, I had feelings of inferiority because a lot of times you feel like you're inferior to the people that have a dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're taking them hunting. They're taking them camping. They're taking them. They work on their car together. They have stuff like that. When you don't have that, you're thinking, and they're talking about it at school. Like, yeah, I did this with my dad this weekend. Yeah, I didn't do anything with my dad because he lives in Vegas. You know what I mean? Right. And so it was uh, times of anger and and so things like that that I had to work through. And, but it was, it was re, you know, God worked through and brought redemption into my life through people. Yeah. You know, like that youth pastor. He took me camping for the first time like a dad would. Wow. You know, he he's talked to me about issues in my life that I needed to work through. He took me to camp in North Carolina. I went to camp and I, I um, rededicated my life to God and made assurance of my salvation when I was in seventh, right after my seventh grade year. I wow. mean, just all these different people just pouring into my life. And that, the other reason I'm sitting with you right now is because of those people that God mm. used in my life. Incredible. Uh, yeah. Mm. I'm just soaking it all in, man. Cause you're right. You know what I mean? Like, um, I look at, so my, my dad, his, his parents got divorced when I think he was like either a preteen or right around where he became a teenager. And, uh, my dad talks about how, you know, there was these things in his life that he had to work through. And so I could imagine, uh, especially with your backstory, man, there's, there's some things you got to work through, man. There's some things you got to work through that inferiority that, um, anger issues. I, I, I completely can see how that could be a a thing in your life. And I love the analogy that you gave of of the balance, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's so true. It is so true. Uh, those of us who are fortunate enough to have both parents in our home, let's just be clear. Like life's already hard as it is Mm -hmm. with both parents, because you have all these outside factors trying to come in and do whatever. And even today, my gosh, it's, it's crazy. And so to have both, it is that balancing act, but then to have one of those weights in the scale be tipped to where things are out of balance now. Oh my goodness. That's such, I never even thought of it like that before, man. That's such a great analogy. Um, and we wonder why these kids are doing all this stuff. We're like, why are they committing crime? Why are, you know, why are they going to these different relationships or, you know, getting involved in all this stuff because they're trying to cope. You know, and that's what my dad did. My, my dad, like I said, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex, all this stuff. I mean, he even robbed a store when he was 17 years old and shot at the store and became homeless in L.A. And all this, wow. all this stuff, part of his story, because he didn't have a dad from 13 on that 
cared about him. You know, he got involved in the sinful lifestyle and then tried to cope with that and never, yeah. never was able to help him. Now, my uncle was a pastor in Las Vegas. Yeah. And he grew up fatherless too. His, his dad, you know, his dad was, he was 10 when his dad died. My dad was 13 and he chose God. Mm. And so I love telling that story because he chose God. Now he's the pastor of Liberty Baptist Church. You know, 45 years ago, he started this church because he chose to commit his life to God, overcome the statistics, not become a statistic and do what God called him to do. Yeah. And so you can overcome it. You know, if you're oh, listening absolutely. to this, you can overcome it through God. Yeah. Yeah. And you've, I mean, you've overcome it through God. Yes. Yeah. And that's awesome. Before we move on to the ministry, I just got to know how in the world, whenever you're 15 years old, make your way out to Vegas and meet your dad in the film store. How did that happen? It was, it was yeah, a weird, weird experience, to be honest with you. It was a weird place to meet your dad. You know I got to hear about it, man. I got to hear about well, it. So does our audience. My, my, uh, my brother had moved out here, and so we wanted to come out and visit him. And he's my, my older brother. And so we came out to visit him, but I knew that I was going to meet my birth dad. And so I was, I was all messed up. I mean, mixed emotions, 15 years old. You know, you're still, you're messed up as a teenager. And so I'm trying to figure this thing out. Well, they're like, we need to go see him. And we're going to go down to where he works. And so it was, it was a porn shop. And wow. so it was, you know, as a teenager, you're like, yeah, my dad's a porn star. That's what, you know, he's, that's what he's, <laughs> he's, he's telling me. I mean, honestly, we would say that I learned that's not a good thing, you know, right, that right. but, and I knew that wasn't a good thing, but I, that's how we coped with it. That's how you, you joke about it, make jokes and stuff. Well, went down there and I was so bitter at him. He used to beat my mom up. Wow. He used to, I mean, never paid child support, never did anything for us. I'm like, I hate this guy. I don't want anything to do, but I wanted to meet him. I wanted to see, find out who is this guy in Vegas. And so, yeah, I went down to the store. Now, like I said, my wife has me clarify. There was, there was family movies in the front. You know, it was kind of one of those things. You, yeah. you, know, you grab something for the kids on the way out, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of a weird setup. Um, weird place. But, <laughs> but so I went in there and I see this guy and his eyes are bloodshot. And he just looked like just ruined by the world. Mm. And I th- I thought, honestly, that feelings of bitterness and anger just kind of started melting off of me. Wow. And, and God and God had been working on me back home. You know, I had that youth pastor, I had youth leaders, I had people in my life that were pouring into me. If I wouldn't have had that, you know, I might have saw his life and be like, oh, wow, this is cool. You know, he's part of, he's doing all this stuff. But I saw it in a different perspective because of those people. Well, I talked to him a little bit and I, I met him um, and just, I wanted to learn more about his life. You know, you get curious, like what's, you know. Tried to talk to him about stuff. And it was an awkward meeting. It yeah. really was. Yeah. And then I invited him over to my uncle's house, his little brother's house. And I thought, well, maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll come and you know, see me. You know, he'll come over to, to supper that, that the next night, I think it was, or a couple nights later. And I thought he would show up and he didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I flew clear across the country to see you, to, to meet you. And you can't even drive across town. And so I was like, I left Vegas. I'm like, forget this guy. I want nothing. I, honestly, I, before I really didn't care, but now I'm like, forget him. He can't even drive across town to see me. So I had to work on bitterness. I honestly did. I had to like, just, I, I hated him. Yeah. Like, I don't care about this guy at all. Forget it. Yeah. So what was the, what was the process or the moment of you releasing him, forgiving him and being free? Well, I had a youth, another youth pastor came to our church. So the, the youth pastor I had one became the senior pastor. And this guy came to our church and he's like, he talked to me about forgiveness. He's like, you need to forgive your dad. Mm-hmm. And he saw it as a root of bitterness in me. You know, mm-hmm. he saw it as a thing that I needed to change. And um, I said, I'm not sure exactly. I think it was maybe a camp or something I went to, or I can't remember exactly, a retreat, something. And I was, I was plugged into those things. And, and kids need to be into those, those events and be involved in the church because that helps them. And somewhere they talked about bitterness and forgiveness. It might've just been that youth pastor. And so I wrote him a letter and I sent him a letter and I said, Hey, I forgive wow. you for all this stuff you yeah. did. And I just let it go. And it wow. was like this, this feeling was free. Well then, you know, 
as you have kids, you know, with, with psychology, I've heard that when you hit moments that affected you as a child with your own children, it, it really, you know, things flare up, you know, mm -hmm. you think, wow, how could they have done this? So I had my son, um, he was 10 months old, nine, nine, 10 months old around the same time my dad threw me to the cops and then left. Wow. And you know, those feelings of bitterness kind of flare up in you a little bit. Like, how could you do this? Yeah. You know, what kind of person are you? And so I came out, um, in 2011, uh, for a missions conference to Vegas. Weird place to come for a missions conference, my uncle's church. <laughs> and I was presenting our ministry. We were just, our ministry had just been going for a couple of years. And so I, I knew I needed to go see my dad again. And I had seen him a few times, different visits. I came out to visit my brother and stuff like that. And so then I went down to another adult film shop in another ghetto side of town or whatever. <laughs> and I went down and I, I said, hey, come on outside. I want to talk to you. We stood outside the porn shop. And I looked at him and I said, hey, I just want you to know. Oh, well, I wanted to make sure that he knew he was saved, that he had trusted in Jesus as a savior. And he said he did when he was young. Um, but and when he because he was involved in church and stuff like that, um, he grew up in church. And he said he did when he was young, but he had a lot to answer for when he got to heaven. And so I, I said, okay, well, that's between you and God. I said, but I just want to make sure that you know that I forgive you. Wow. And he, he looked at me and he started giving excuses like, well, I left Pennsylvania because of the snow. I'm like, what did the child support get lost in the snow? No, I'm just kidding. I didn't, I, I, I didn't say that. Say, you, gotta, you gotta joke That's about a, stuff. Of you know? course, yeah. of course. And so I, 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 I didn't say that to him, but I, I said, oh, I don't want to hear your excuses. I said, I just want you to know that I forgive you mm -hmm. for all that you did. And I honestly, I'm not sure how he took that because uh, he was very disillusioned by his life and thinking he didn't do anything and stuff like that. I had heard later that, before that, that he was mocking the letter I sent to him. He's like, I didn't do anything, you know, he wow. saying stuff like that. So I want to make sure you know I forgive him. I drove away that day. I remember driving the feeling of driving away from him and this burden lifted off of me. Like I forgave my dad. Finally, I fast forward just a couple years ago. He was sick. His like seventh or eighth wife had just died. So he wow. was really upset. I'm like, well, there's still seven others still alive. I'm just, but I, I didn't say that. But I said, to, you know, there's, there's, you're, I understand you're struggling. I know it's hard. And I tried to encourage him. He was, I mean, he was sick. He had COPD real bad, all this oh, stuff, wow. all this stuff. And so I went and asked him, I said, what would you tell somebody that is thinking about leaving their kids and making them fatherless? And I finally had that point where I could do that. And he said, I would, he said, I would tell them to, to consider all the things that they're going to miss out on. Wow. And so he finally was realizing, Wow. he didn't say, I don't, I don't know if there was a time he ever said I was sorry or anything like that. But I, for me, I took that as, hey, I'm sorry. And I also, he, he was going around. I was doing this ministry. I'm traveling around the country speaking about fatherlessness. And he learns about that. He's finding out. And, and so around that same time, he had told some family. He said, hey, Sean's making this whole ministry off of me being a lousy father. That's what he was telling people. I'm like, oh, well, that's true. But, yeah. <laughs> but I said to him, and God had been working on my heart about Joseph at that point. And I, I said to him that same meeting, I said, hey, I said, I said, I, I know that you, I've heard what you said. I said, but I, I want you to think about it like Joseph, where Joseph said, you know, to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God used it yeah, for good. That's right. And that's the perspective. And I'm not bragging on myself. It took me a long time to get to that sure. point. But God had me in that, that place. And that's where he has me. And so I was able to forgive him and let it go and look at it as, you know what? I grew up fatherless so that they can help the millions of other fatherless kids out there yeah. that need hope and need help. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, whenever you're talking, I, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher. Mm -hmm. And the line that, that I comes to mind is God takes our men, our misery. And if we allow him to, he'll turn it into ministry. You know, he'll take your story mm -hmm. and uh, he never wastes pain. He, there's actually purpose in our pain. And the, and the fact that, that you've gone through what you've gone through, God has used the pain that you've gone through to now actually make 
make it part of your purpose, part of your mission to reach other people. So let's talk about the ministry that God has you doing. Um, and really, it's all over the nation. You're, you're starting a branch here in, in uh, Nevada. So talk to us. What is the ministry? Well, in 2008, I started writing a book for fatherless guys called The Fatherless Journey for Guys. And so I just honestly, God worked in my heart about starting a ministry called Life Factors Ministries. I thought I was going to help everybody with every life issue that they were facing. That's what I thought. And so I started I, one day in 2008, I started this uh, nonprofit, came home and told my wife, hey, I formed a nonprofit ministry today. I found out that's not the way you do it. You know, you talk to your <laughs> wife about it. I was only married for, you know, about a year and a half at the time. And so um, we worked, you know, she, she was fully accepting of it. It was, it was fine. But you know, we try to work through what does this look like? So for several years, we folk, you know, we were just trying to figure out what is life factors. And I tried to, I thought, oh, we're going to help everybody with everything. Well, God just kept on saying, focus on fatherlessness. Mm-hmm. And so we created resources for fatherless guys, one for a devotional for fatherless girls, one for single moms, a children's book for fatherless children. Um, wow. Then we also focus on, we have a children's book for motherless children and for orphan and foster care children. And so a lot of it was just creating resources. And then also speaking, speaking around the country and speaking on fatherlessness to train people on how to do fatherless ministry, how to relate to the fatherless, how to understand the fatherless and how to really help them. Mm-hmm. Um, also training the fatherless and helping the fatherless and coaching them and helping them understand you can overcome this. You don't have to be a statistic like a lot of the people are becoming in, in fatherless families. And so it really a lot of that you know happened. Then you know, we think slowed down about 2012. So we did it for a couple of years and traveled around for a little, about 16 months on the, around the country. And then I became a youth pastor in 2012. Mm-hmm. And we did that for about six years. And most of my youth group was fatherless. Wow. And so I was able to work with all these kids. And during that time, I was able to, you know, figure out different things and be able to publish some of our other books. I think our single mom book came out at that time and some other children's books. And then we created this thing in 2017 called God is My Dad. Because yeah. for several years, we're like, how do we relate to fatherless families where they, you know, they don't feel, you know, because we would say broken homes. We would say different things. And we, we, we would think, you know, how do we relate to them? And God gave us God is my dad. God is my dad. I'm, I'm their father. I'm their Abba father. Uh, you know, God will, will take care of them, even though their dad's not there, or their mom's not there. He'll he'll help them with it. Yeah. And so we created GodIsMyDad.com in 2017. We created an, a mobile app and website. Um, it was in the Apple and Google Play Store, the app was. And so we ran with that for a long time. And so we, we used that for a while. End of 2017, God started working on my heart about leaving uh, the church I was being youth pastor at. Mm-hmm. And so 2018, we put a bunch of plans in. We actually ended up buying an RV. And we traveled around the country for three years. Wow. January 2019, like January 2nd, we went on the road. And 2019, we were in about 80, 80 some churches, um, spoke, speaking 26 states, something like that. I can't remember exactly the number of everything. <laughs> and just speaking anywhere we could get into a church or an event or you know a youth event or whatever it might be, either spreading hope or awareness about fatherlessness. And then we did that in 2019. 2020, we started out and then COVID hit because we were off the road for a little bit but yeah. went, and went back on the road, uh, did that for a long time. And then, and then 2021, we did it as well. Um, but we were looking for a place to settle down, trying to figure out where, where's God want us. Three years on the road was you know, long oh, enough. Yeah. We, we hit probably 180 some churches, wow. um, different events and all kinds of stuff. And God really worked. One of the main things we heard while we traveled was single moms would tell us, Nobody cares about my family or, wow. or nobody. I'm so glad you came here. That's what they would say. I'm so glad you came here. Nobody cares about my kids. Nobody will spend time with my kids. And so we knew God wants us to work on that. So we were presented the opportunity to come here to Vegas to start a chapter, uh, actually to come to Vegas to do ministry. And so I prayed about it. I'm like, hey, what does this look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I knew God wanted us to come here, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take, you know, forsake my national ministry because I, I know God wanted me to keep that up as well. We worked so hard to partner with churches across America and, and build this presence. And so we, 
we did, we prayed about it. We knew God wanted us to start making these chapters. And so Las Vegas is our first chapter. God is my dad, Las Vegas. And what that looks like is basically a lighthouse. We come in, set up a lighthouse in Las Vegas. And we, we basically spread hope to single moms, to fatherless individuals, to grandparents raising grandkids. That hope is resources we have. That hope is community partners. Like mm-hmm. we're working with Heroes United Hockey here and, and different, different ministries here in Vegas. And then that hope really is pointing them to churches that care about them. Yeah, because that was one of the main things people told us. They like the church doesn't care about me. Well, we're going to find churches that care. And so right now we're trying to set up a network of churches in in Las Vegas of 20 to 30 churches across the city. I'd like to have a circle of churches. Yeah, And we just got here in December. I mean, we're working on it. Yeah, And we started a single mom group at Liberty Baptist Church. It's got about we have about 30 ladies in our network already. And every week we meet. Awesome. And so it's been great. We love to do that in churches all over the city. We have curriculum for that. We want to record the the videos for that to be able to use in churches. We have. Mentoring, we started up. We like to get more people involved in mentoring, uh, working with Bible clubs. We do Bible clubs every Saturday that we partner with Liberty on. We'd like to mm-hmm. start more of those in Vegas. Uh, Lord willing, whatever God wants us to do, we just want to reach the fodless of this city, recruiting mentors, helping single moms, partnering with local organizations that are focusing on fodlessness, and just directing single moms to these resources and helping them as they, they face these issues. Yeah. And we've just, we've seen tremendous things happen from I mean, really, we started in January, we moved here in December, started in January and since and up till now. And so it's, it's yeah. been incredible. We're also launching one in Dixon, Tennessee in August. Wow. And so really starting these chapters and then we're going to take them across the country. Mm. Similar to Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA, yeah, FCA, how they have chapters across America. Very similar to that. I, used to, I worked for FCA for a little bit back in 2010 and 2011. And so I was able to see. Uh, how they hey, operate. And I, you know, they're the great ministry. They focus on athletes. We focus on fatherless yeah. families. It's a very similar type concept. That's awesome. So with us coming to a close right now, um, if people want to get involved with what you have going on, whether it's individuals, single moms with families, or even pastors who want to be a part of what's going on right now, What's the best way for them to get in contact with you and find out more information? A couple different options. We have lifefactors.org for churches, people that want to help the fatherless. Lifefactors.org is our, our website for them. Also, you can text to the number 66866, the word dad, and that'll opt you into our email list. Text dad to 66866, not 666. Okay, we're not that kind of ministry. 66866, the word dad. That's for people that want to help the fatherless. They want to get involved in ministry. A church, we have people, churches that want to be, you could be God is my dad churches where they have training and resources from us. And then God is my dad.com is a website for fatherless families. There's videos on there for fatherless individuals, for single moms, for grandparents raising grandkids. And that's actually the new app's going to be released in the Apple and Google Play Store probably before this, this video releases. So it'll be out there, Apple and Google Play Store. And I want to encourage people to sign up. There's a free devotional on GodIsMyDad.com and get wow. plugged into getting resources for yourself as a fatherless individual or to help the fatherless out. Incredible. Man, Sean, thank you so much for being on today, man. There's a lot of good that you're doing. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, thanks, man. For thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. Appreciate it. Hey, listen, I want to talk to you for a moment. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's uh, episode of Las Vegas United. Um, <clears throat> as you can see, there's a lot of resources out there for you. If you're a single parent, um, go to God is my dad. Uh, if you're a church that wants to get involved, check out the website um, that Sean talked to us about. Listen, Thank you so incredibly much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you here next week on Las Vegas United. God bless you. We'll see you next time.
Hey Las Vegas, thanks for tuning in this week. Next week, Joe and Danielle Pina from Vita Church talk with Pastor Aaron about the ups and downs of planting a church. They start from the very beginning, from living lives of addiction and rebellion to being called into the kingdom despite the odds. Their testimony has graced them with the heart for reaching young people in the city and giving them a place they can call home. Our show is hosted by Pastor Aaron Pino of Overflow Church. To learn more about him and his ministry, please visit overflowchurch.co. The guest this week is Sean Tice of God Is My Dad. For more information, visit godismydad.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at God Is My Dad. Las Vegas United is produced by CTN Vegas, the Las Vegas location for the Christian Television Network.